Ryan, welcome to The Value Script. Today we have an exciting show for you. Our, our guest today is owner and partner of Valley Spinal Care. He um, is a doctor of chiropractic medicine, is an alma mater to one of the greatest colleges in the world, Arizona State University. That's right. <laughs> is a uh, phenomenal man. He's a husband. He's a father. He's a philanthropist. And he's an all-around good guy. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mike Andrula. Appreciate you guys having me on. It's awesome. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you. We've been trying to set this up for weeks. One life event after another got in the way. And um, we're grateful you're here today. Excited to have you. Yeah, excited to be here. It's awesome. Very cool. So what made you want to be a chiropractor? Uh, long story short, basically I got in a snowboarding accident. Um, after during college after college during that time and uh fell off of a jump it was actually after the 2002 x games in utah so i went off of the second jump landed fine two days later we were back home woke up in bed couldn't move my legs and so uh you know after about two months of trying like to get all like like 10 percent. wow so like weight bearing was super hard um and then couldn't really feel my legs that well. So after about two months of searching from neurologist to you name it type of doctor, um, I ended up going to my mom's chiropractor at the time. And I didn't like chiropractors because a year before that, I went for my headaches. And not a good experience because obviously he just wasn't a good communicator. So I didn't really understand um, what he was doing. He just, just went after it. And I was like, dude, I feel way worse. Yeah. Didn't go. So I obviously didn't even think chiropractors were real um and then after about a year of going to this other chiropractor i gave him a shot i was able to move my legs within the second visit um weight bear get back to doing everything i went consistently for about a year and then went from a career change of um, getting into real estate um and going down that route back into school into head to chiropractic that's fascinating see you actually had real life experience where chiropractic medicine provided a tremendous benefit. hundred percent. Yeah. That's interesting. I was going to bring that up just in the interest of being a good interviewer, asking you tough questions. But, um, <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate that you brought up kind of how I felt about it. Cause I kind of approached chiropractic with, uh, uh, I have optimism wanting it to be everything I wanted it to be. Right. But not having found the practitioners that actually could help me really believe in that. Cause I've left chiropractic offices, like you said, feeling worse on neck and back issues. And, um, being a dentist, it's an occupational hazard. One out of every three dentists will become disabled, uh, because of generally neck and back issues. And, um, it's, it's an occupational hazard that we all face. And so trying to maintain and, and keep healthy spinal, um, hygiene, I guess, you know, I was searching for chiropractors that would help me with that. And man, I can't tell you more of the time than not, I left hurt. Yeah. I and, mean, and so then it cast out like these guys are quacks. <laughs> right? I mean, usually it's due to poor communication is due to poor outcome measures, you know, communication with not only the patient, but like, Hey, this is what to expect, what not to expect. And then when that happens is then the patient does go home. They are sore. They're like, Oh yeah, he told me I'd probably be a little sore. Right. And he probably told me what to do about it. Like those are the key ingredients to a good, new patient visit, right? right. Um, that and not usually adjusting the patient on the first visit and kind of figuring out, you know, in particularly what suits them versus the patient that you saw before them or after them. And uh, that's the 
kind of the key. I mean, it's all about communication. I mean, I, I'd say I'd say all the time, majority of people come to me not because I'm the greatest chiropractor in the world. They come to me because my me, my office environment, how we talk, we just kind of we understand each other as people versus oh, I'm the greatest adjuster, or I'm the best practitioner, and that's. I mean, that's not how I get patients. Well, the overall experience of going to your office is way different than any other chiropractor I've been to. And I love, like, one of my favorite things is, like, I love that you incorporate the physical therapy in there as well. And, um, like, I just felt like the whole experience was different rather than just just the chiropractic. Like, it just all makes sense the way you run it. Yeah, we, we try to make it a, um, a family environment where I know you've been to our clinic and for those of you that don't know, we listen to pretty aggressive music. Um, we listen to your J. Coles, your Kendrick Lamars, any other side of hip hop, anything like that. Um, and it's very loud. It's louder than it should be. And um, everything's high energy. Everything is positivity. Everything is welcoming. And um, that in itself separates us. People come in and they see 30 patients in the waiting room. They're like, this is not what I expected. And and, and for 99% of people, that's what they're actually wanting is someone to provide an experience versus a whole home environment that they typically usually go to when they see their MD or another chiropractor down the street or even physical therapists, right? Yeah. And uh, so then we pair that with every service under the moon, not just Cairo, not just PT, but medical and obviously everything else what else, what else do you offer i mean that was one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show one because you actually made a difference for my wife well, and yeah. and when my uh, mom needed somebody to go to because um goodness i think she was in almost couldn't walk right when, when we sent her to you um i i loved that i could refer with confidence my mom to you and your practice because of the results that meredith had seen as she'd gone through um some of her sciatic nerve pain and or chronic pain, and we notice there's a distinct difference in your practice. It's not just you walk in, you get an adjustment, um, but you know you, um, you, like you said, you have a lot of facets you've integrated. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So we, you know, we are a chiropractic clinic. That's how we started. Obviously, VSC stands for Valley Spinal Care. Um, now it's more of a just kind of our our name is VSC, and it's more medical rehab wellness. So we incorporate um, full medical care as far as pain management goes, hormones, allergy testing, um, into um, injections, joint injections of that sort. Um, We also have full physical therapy now, even more so than we did five, even 10 years ago, um, when we just did some basic stuff. You know, like you go to a physical therapist, they put you on a machine, they call it a day. Whereas now we're we're a full-scale spectrum of you come in, you're in pain, we get you out of inflammation and pain. Then we give you correctives and we get you actually stronger than you were even before you were hurt in the first place. Right. And then we have chiropractic care, which goes into, it could be adjusting. It could be um, even active release technique. It could be a little bit of neurological, you know, neurological kind of reprogramming we do. Um, and then, you know, with that, we obviously we take x-rays and we get you going and they're all digital and which is great because patients can obviously see for themselves what's up. And then I'm also not popping and praying. That's what I like to say, you know, and people are like, well, why do I need x-rays? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, eh, well, just, just bear with me. Trust the process. You'll be okay. And then we also have a regenerative medicine side to our clinic now um, that we transformed previously from our um, outpatient surgery center. And then we recently sold that off and then developed a regenerative medicine space. 
which is where we do some other stuff as far as the IV therapy, the, the ozone, ebu, and stuff like that. So pray and pop. Pop and pray. Pop and pray. That's right. Pop and pray. <laughs> we don't We don't like to do that as much as most people do. Before we get into more of the particulars of your practice and, and, the, and the benefits to how you guys do things, do you want to speak to your story a little bit about um, your situation? And Yeah. So I started having lower back issues. I don't even remember when. I think... I think originally it was right after you had, you'd had two babies back to back. So you had Leighton and London within... Oh, it was a year and twelve year and two weeks apart. Yeah, and then um, it was when there, London they were was probably fourth and fifth babies. Yes. yes. So um, when I'm pregnant, I carry very out front. Everybody would always ask me if I was pregnant with twins because I just that's how I carry babies. <laughs> and so people are brutal too when you're like pregnant. <laughs> oh my gosh, sweetheart, you are just huge. Like, thank you. Thank are you, you. sure I there's not two babies that. in there? I'm like, okay, <laughs> we, it's not the 1900s. We get like, that all the time. Like, are you sure you're not <laughs> carrying? Sure. And I, I just want to be like, hey, Meredith, you should like just told, be totally brutal. Just be like, I'm not even pregnant. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is new. <laughs> news. How dare you? How dare you <laughs> assume? Because <laughs> people are so freaking bold. I just want to flame them back. Right. Anyway, sorry. But no, you're good. But because of all of that, I think my core was just wrecked, and so my back was taking all of the pressure and um when it, it didn't help that Leighton once London came along Leighton didn't want to walk anymore Leighton she wanted to be carried yeah. just like London. Leighton didn't walk till she was 18 months and so I was carrying two babies for six months like yeah. that was Jeez, ridiculous wild but um yeah so my back just got worse and worse and it got to the point where like I couldn't walk I remember like just trying to get out of the car to go to a doctor and just wanting to die and so anyway um found found a doctor that kind of helped a little bit um for a little while and then we met mike and lonnie was like hey you should start seeing seeing dr mike and so i went in to see him and after a few visits like that was great like i was i was good and like i loved like the physical therapy side of it mm -hmm. because you guys gave me things that i could do at home to help manage and like keep my body in a good place in between visits and so that was great for a while and then um, slowly it just got to where that wasn't working. And so um, I ended up having to have back surgery, which mm -hmm. was really like for me, I had a herniated disc between L5 and S1. And, um, and anyway, like my surgeon told me that there was no way I could have done anything to be out of pain with, without, you know, avoiding surgery. Which, which so. was kind of amazing to me that she had relief. Um, after coming to you just because when we saw the MRI, he, he blew it up like, you know, on, on a big screen and he was like, you know, the right side, um, you could, that was healthy, you know, it looked about like it was the size of my pinky on the, right. on the, the resolution of the screen, on the left side where the damage was, it looked like, a, like, you know, the nerve was compressed down to where it looked like a string of dental floss. Right. And he was like, I am floored that you don't have motor Im impairment and, but you don't, so that's good. <laughs> but but you know he um, you know, advocated for surgery, and and it, we'd been through. You know we went through you, and then you know as her as her back got more and more degenerative, um, we actually tried to go to Arizona Pain Docs. I don't know if we want to flame them outright, but um, they saw the same MRI, the same MRI that I saw, and me being a dentist knew that some cortisone and some lidocaine and some you know. Um, Pain reliever injected in the spine is not going to fix that. You get the disectomy, right? The disectomy. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. They call it a laminectomy? They call it a disectomy? Well, the lamina actually removes part of the lamina oh. of the bone, which is also interfering, which... So then there's yeah, also so a disectomy as well. So it was just a disc. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And I had relief that night. Like I slept through the night for the first time in a year. Right. After that surgery. It was it was fabulous. And and so now um I just come see you not regularly like I should. <laughs> but <laughs> it's but all it's good. but it's great because it's it just helps me to maintain just I don't know, being healthy. It was movement, yeah. Proper movement in the body, it's obviously, that's what starts the issues is improper movement in the body. And so then that's why. So, so one thing I did want to ask you, yeah. since we did 75 hard and now we're doing phase one, like I have noticed, like I'm, I just have some tension in my lower back. Mm -hmm. Is that because my, you know, certainly the biggest risk after surgery is herniation. Right. So is that. If I'm feeling that, do I need to be concerned about that? What I found or? to be super helpful over the years with a lot of common issues with patients is the more mobile you can get before exercise and the more act active, so activating the proper muscles beforehand, exercise should be pretty seamless for you. And what I mean by that is um, obviously – I like to look at the hips as your foundation, right? So the more mobility you can get in the hips and the more strengthening in the hips, meaning the glute medius muscle, right? That's your stabilizer muscle. Um, the glute max is what looks really awesome when everyone shows, you know, the peaches and, you know, all the videos on Instagram, right. which is great. Um, but unfortunately, the stabilizing muscles are what's key and that's what prevents back injury. So when you're doing the lift and twist, when you have little kids or whenever you're doing a high-intensity workout or even, even running of the sorts, if your stabilizing hip muscles aren't there, the low back's going to keep compensating towards that affected hip. So I always recommend, you know, let's do some hip flexor stretching to keep the hips from rounding forward. Um, maybe a five-minute five foam rolling sesh, right, on that favored hip where you work the glutes out a little bit, you work the quads a little bit. And the reason those are huge is because quads will pull the hips forward, right? And so then, you're saying, like, do that be like before I do squats or, like, 100%. lifting or... Get okay. on the foam roller, knock out some foam rolling a little bit, maybe grab some bands, activate those glute medius muscles, and then go do whatever you want to do. And then afterwards, proper hydration, which is key, which you don't have an issue with now because you're doing phase one. Um, and then and I'm, I'm still a big fan. I know they talk about the ice and the heat. I'm still a big fan of knocking out any sort of inflammation. Um, yes, the ice is going to make those muscles feel tense, but... I'd rather them feel tense than not pain and inflammation. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, that's why you're seeing all these people with these these cold plunge pools, right? And you're seeing people with these cryo machines. Well, if cold was that bad, these things wouldn't be helping people. And that's yeah. why I'm not a huge fan of the heat because uh, heat then also brings up more inflammation in other latent areas that there, there might not have been, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, those are super easy things you do and it literally can take three to five minutes and that little bit of activation causes a huge um, difference in kind of the way your body's going to move at that time. Nice. So a couple of questions I've always had. I've always wanted to ask chiropractor. Yep. One, how does, you know, popping, you know, popping and praying, like how, how is there hope that that does anything? Well, there's, there's, there's not a hope. It's a physiological effect, right? So you have, you have one spine and the spinal cord goes through the whole spine of the vertebrae right and then you have the nerves that come out from the foramen those holes you see on the spines right 
And when I move or adjust or whatever you want to call it, manipulate um, the spine in that area, what it does is it, it real hopefully, depending on the chiropractor you're going to, realigns the body back into its normal homeostasis, what it should be, right? Um, and then allows the body to kind of heal itself with that motion, right? It's kind of like taking a foot off of a hose, right? The hose is going full. You put your foot on it, what happens? Water's drizzling, barely coming out. You take that pressure off the hose, it, it starts working again. Same thing with the nervous system. The segment that I'm adjusting got out of place because of, who knows, thoughts, trauma, toxins, anything to the body. And my job is I'm basically a facilitator. I put it back where it needs to be. Magically, the body knows what it does. That's what the popping is. Um, the popping is also gas within that joint space. You know, I can I can adjust your spine without it popping, and it still does the same thing. But now people love the videos of people getting cracked and tractioned and everything. And right. even if you look at my Instagram page, I've fallen into it too, and I do it as well. <laughs> and they're probably my most liked uh, my most liked <laughs> videos is me popping people. But that, uh, that head contraption. But yeah, yeah, yeah. People love that thing. I don't know why they love it so much. Um, it looks terrifying. <laughs> it's 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 super easy, but. Um, but yeah, that's the whole basically mechanism is you're transforming a spine. Now, why do you have to go back? It's very similar to, and I always, I always align it up with dentistry, right? You can't just brush your teeth for the year and then magically you don't get plaque and cavities don't develop. Same thing with your spine. You got one spine. You don't even have two sets of spines, you know, like, right. like even yeah. dentistry has. And so you, you treat it right. So that's why sometimes it'll take, you know, four, six, even eight adjustments to get the muscle memory back just like a muscle memory of working out right we work out we get hypertrophy hypertrophy goes away hopefully we got a little stronger we keep repeating the process right that's how we get larger muscles more tone muscles same thing back is the same thing you you have muscles along the back it'll pull your spine a different way and like i said thoughts trauma toxins those also affect how your body is going to represent and so yeah and do those also create a muscle memory in like a pathologic state 100 percent. So. Yeah, so that's how disease happens that's how things happen so that's why you got to go back too, right well you go back until now that's the thing is people go back and some people do well how often do i go back well how active are you what do you do for a living like what what are your goals right like right. me for you know, my life, I don't have to go back as much. I've been getting adjusted for 15 years now. Like, it's cool. Like, I don't. I hold an adjustment a lot longer than most people. People that are sedentary and they sit at a desk all day, yeah, we're probably going to have to retrain your spine a little bit. People that are high impact, like CrossFit athletes, but yeah, the, uh, the desk, that's huge to combat because someone's sitting at a desk for eight hours a day and they have high expectations like my one adjustment a week is going to cure them of everything. It's like, no, it's, this is a process. It's, I don't think that's ever been explained to me that thoroughly. Like when I've gone to a chiropractor, it's like when I come back 30 days, you know, like come back next month, you know, and, and just it's like a once a month thing forever. And it's kind of like, well, what are we accomplishing? I didn't, you know, and, and again, you went back to your main point of communication being so important in receiving and um, having this care, this type of care being as effective as possible is you need to know what to expect as a patient. And so I think that's another thing that sets you guys apart in your practice is you give the patient the correct expectations and the anticipatory guidance of this is what you can expect in the future. And then, like you said, it's not like when, I, when we're like, well, how often do you come back? It's based on what we need rather than what well, would be nice for my schedule and my budget if you come back every month. <laughs> 
hundred percent. And to lead into that, I mean, it's just not even my communication. That's my front desk. That's my biller and everyone's communication. And, and, and that is, I, and I, my opinion, my desk or my desk, my office, I mean, they do the job for me. I have a hundred percent confidence that I know exactly what's going to happen at that front desk, what the scheduler is going to say and everything. And that's the benefit of the cross training. The efficiency we have is there's no, Oh, I owe this money. There's no some magic things that happen, you know, when we do things. So that's why patients are more amped to come back is we're very truthful. We're, um, we're, we're honest and we we're, everyone has integrity and we do the right thing. So when they come up and I'm saying, they're like, Hey, Dr. Mike did say he wants to see you for the next, you know, month, but only once a week. Um, and by the way, this is what to expect. Now they're not going to not show up to that next appointment because there's not going to be no catches at the end. It's not right. like, Oh, now we're going to bill you. You know what I mean? Like we, we are very upfront with all the information. You help and the patient become part of driving their own bus on their own healthcare. Right? Yeah. You help them understand the need and, and then help them understand the tools that you have available to offer them and why they're important and how to implement them. And then also give them a plan afterwards of how to maintain and, and do that. Right. And your We've staff is that. fantastic. Like, oh, they're, they're great. I mean, they're I, so great. All of the physical therapists, the front desk, the, everybody is yeah, and, and, and the best is they, it's a, a self-managed system. People are like, oh, you do a great job of hiring. Well, what you guys don't know is we used to hire everybody, right, until we got our foundation. And now we just, now it's about leadership, creating that leadership. So everyone you see that's not a practitioner, whether it be a PA, MD, or something like that, that's hired within from people in my staff. And we trust them to implement, obviously, our you know, our, our culture to those. So we're self-regulated people. So if something happens, well, that's on them. And we're going to figure it out as a team versus, well, you hired that person and they don't fit. Well, no, it's a very, so that's yeah. why we do very well. And that's why it's a very family-like atmosphere is because we treat our, our employees, you know, well, just like we've treated our patients and we create that synergistic relationship with our, um, and that's why we call it our VSC family. When patients come in, that's what separates us apart is we know they had an anniversary. We know they had the birthday. We know they went on their trip to Cabo. We know everything. And the only reason we know that is because we ask questions because we, you know, we actually give a shit, which is what I want there to be in our office, which is super cool. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's all built on culture. So they make me look a lot cooler than I am. And, uh, and, and that's the goal. I'm cool with them taking the credit for that. Like, I don't care. Like I told you in the beginning, like, I'm not the best chiropractor in the world. I, I'm good at getting people better and getting them nice, but I don't have to be the best provider. My goal is to be the best strategic person to get you in the best situation for your, you know, situation that might be, right? Absolutely. One, I think that is, that does speak to your excellence because as even as a dentist and from my standpoint, there are things that I can do, but it would be better if a specialist, did it. <laughs> you know, like I could do it. But it would, you know, you'll heal faster, you'll have better treatment outcomes, and it's actually better for you to actually listen to my, my full faith referral to go see this oral surgeon or to go see this endodontist because putting people in the right place for their care rather than being selfish, like, well, that's $1,000 I could bill myself, and yeah, I could do it to the standard of care, and it, it would probably work out, but am I really the best person for the job? You know, and I, I, I appreciate that you approach it that way because uh, it resonates with me. Oh, I mean, that's, that's why you're doing so awesome with your clinics. So, um, you know, you, you have this integrated machine. You've, come out, you've been able to create these systems in your practice that you said are pretty, like, almost self-fulfilling and, and um, self-propagating. You know, it's from anything from, like, 
how your practice runs from the day flow of the patients, from how it feels in the culture to even finding new talent to add to your team. Mm-hmm. Right. But it wasn't always that the case. I, I read an article about you before you got here and, um, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and well, you, you spoke to the fact that, um, it wasn't always that way. No, no, it wasn't always that way. So um, how are you able to like, tell us a little bit about the, about before and, um, and what, what, what the pivot was. You know, VSC Valley Spinal Care has been around the Valley for, I don't know, I want to say close to 17, 18 years. It was owned by a guy named um, Sean McGlore. And it was strictly basically chiropractic with minimal PT place um, put in place. And um, and then Cotton purchased to another guy named Dr. Josh. And then from there, um, Justin, who's my business partner, Justin Pierce, he's on Instagram as Bowtie Doctor. Um, him and I kind of, one way or another, we came into the practice together where he was developing his practice. I was developing my practice and we essentially bought in and then we bought everybody out and it became ours and we didn't know each other. Um, but he's the opposite of me. We like a lot of the things together, but he's a very excellent communicator. He's a, Hey, can we <laughs> silence all phones in the background? please? <laughs> I mean, Judas priest. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, yeah, Justin, um, he's, he's a, he's a big personality. We're, we're very similar in that aspect, but he's a good communicator. He's, uh, he's outgoing. And, um, I was more the dictator type serious role. And you put both of us together, we kind of developed something really cool because we had the same goals, right? We wanted to be right. the best. We aspired to be the best. Um, it's kind of the yin and yang thing going on. Really, really much so. And people are like, well, how'd you guys find each other? And we really didn't, man. By God's grace, we got put together. And we're like, this, this actually works. And so from there, we realized we had to change some things. You know, the last... Um, quote unquote boss that was there before we came in was very much a dictator. He was hated. He was respected, but he was hated. Sure. And uh, we all know that that's not how the best companies are run. And, um, I was able to figure that out. Justin was able to figure those things out. And we just kind of came together and was like, Hey, we need to change the culture. We need to change how things are run. We didn't make this that, you know, our essentially our goals of this clinic fit into other people's goals for what they want in their life, right? Give them responsibility, give them leadership roles. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, and, and so then, you're talking it, about your employees, not just your patients. You're talking it, about people that work with I'm you. I'm talking for the people. That's how we changed it. Yeah. I mean, we started yeah. hiring people that are like, Hey, what do you want to do? Right. So to give you an idea, um, Bobby, who's my office manager slash biller, he's kind of like the guy that runs the show of everything. He started out in our PT room. He went from PT to front desk to assistant biller to biller to basically we were just like, listen, and we kind of grew him from there because we had these conversations with our um, employees. And we're like, what do you want? What do you want in life? Like, does it fit here? Because if it doesn't fit here, then how can we help get you somewhere else? And once you start having these hard conversations with people, they really, they take value in you as your, your leader. And then they, and you're able to kind of change the culture slowly by slowly and one by one. And it was difficult at first. I mean, we were a profitable clinic dictator ran and if you didn't like it so long and we had turnover all the time and I almost fell into that trap. And thankfully that Justin and I met, we were able to kind of take the best out of each other and grow it to what it is. That's awesome. It sounds like, you know, I know you've heard Ed Milet say this as you were in the same room as me when he said it, but um, <laughs> it was, you know, build, build your tent big enough so that all your, all your employees, all the people that work with you can realize their dreams within the tent. Correct. Or else they'll, they'll leave. 
<laughs> they're going to go find where they can live their dream. So you need to figure out a way for them to live their dream under your, under that tent of, you know, of your business or, or the offerings that you, you bring to the world, what you're creating. Yeah. We had to find that out the hard way. We right. found that out the hard way. And then, then we didn't, you know, actually, you know, Andy um, was introduced to me by Justin. Really? He started listening to this guy and I'd hear it in our office. I'm like, what the hell is this guy even talking this about? This MF CEO guy. Who's this MF CEO this guy? guy? And I'm like, God, I'm like, this guy's loud and obnoxious. And after about two minutes, I'm like, dude, this guy's great. And he's like, yeah, what I've been telling you. And so that's kind of, and that was back in like 2015, 16. So we've evolved quite a bit. Um, patient base has evolved quite a bit um, as far as how many people we see in a week to a month is pretty pretty awesome and i'd say you guys are fairly aggressive in your scheduling yet you're still able to provide a high level of customer care yes i mean if you look at our oh yeah get that that dog's cruising what are we doing oh our our guard dog our our kids just came in from the backyard all right hey dr mike really appreciate um this valuable content we've been able to to have so far but i feel like there's so much more to this conversation i want to have and continue in the next episode so we're going to wrap it up right here folks and don't forget to stay tuned to the next episode of the value script